0: It's that time again, fellers, as Jock Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks.
1: Good evening, and welcome to Park for Discourse on um, the uh, Free Parking Show. We do this every Wednesday night. It's a game show we do. And before I, before I introduce the teams um, and the people that are be on the teams, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of how this game works. Each team has two people, and then <clears throat> each uh, each member will alternate um, every question, answering the question, and so will the other team. So both teams get to go, and then whoever gives the best answer will win or whoever the host myself uh, tonight deems the best answer will give that with the uh, the said team a point and then at the end of the after after eight questions we have what's called the final question and then the final question um both both parties from both teams get to go and the final question is worth three points um the losing team must accept the winning team's punishment and so without further ado i'm going to introduce the teams um i'm going to start with uh, Amos and Ryan who are going to be going first uh, What is your team name and the punishment For the other team if they lose?
2: Our team name tonight is going to be Blake Griffin's punching bag And uh, We came up with a, a Punishment each I came up with rich, I came up with Rich's punishment And Amos came up with uh, With Frank. so I'll give you Rich's Rich if you lose tonight You have to make the Denver Broncos Your official Super Bowl pick
3: uh, I thought about actually doing that anyway. so <laughs> All right. It's win-win. Win. It's win-win. Frank. It's win-win. How do I
2: Frank,
4: to
3: torture? What's tonight, my torture? What's my
4: torture? Frank, if you lose night, you have to sing the chorus to uh, Baby Got Back. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Baby Got
0: um, Back. Hold on. It's my okay. sir, wait, who was that? That was from 25 years ago, right?
2: Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir
0: Mix-a-lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot from 1991, probably. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't do it. <laughs> I, do you know how many times I've done it in my life? This will be nothing. Dude, this will be nothing. That's the best you can right. do?
2: Frank is like Chicago's best Sir Mix-a-Lot impression. <laughs> like you didn't know minute that. Minutes, ten you minutes, didn't yeah. know that, but it's a big thing.
0: Oh, trust me, all of Chicago hires right, me for, for Sir for a lot The other team is Richard and Frank. All right, guys, what is your... All
1: right, so Richard and Frank, what is your team name and what are the punishments after the other team? I think our team name is... what did we.
3: Frank, what do we decide our team name was?
0: Oh yes, yes, yes! Oh, you guys are gonna love this. Wait, what did you guys call yourself, Blake? Uh, Blake Griffin's punching bag? What was y- that?
2: Yes, Blake Griffin's punching bag. Yeah. Okay, guess,
0: guess, guess, guess what we are? Guess what we are gonna be known as? We are gonna be known as complete dysfunction. <laughs> we are complete dysfunction. That, that is it. our team name. Once again, our team name is complete dysfunction.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff.
0: I got her look at me. <laughs> hey, try. Hey, I try to Hey, you got to come up with the goods every day, you know, when I'm trying to use the power of whatever man, manly brain I have.
2: <laughs> so what's your guys's punishment for tonight?
0: Okay, so if
3: we win Oh, no, I'll tell you what. You, Ryan, you, you go have first. To say, i'll say Okay, so if we win, out uh, Ryan, you have to say Alex Ovechkin is the worst player in the NHL today.
2: <laughs> oh, that's cold. That's cold blooded, <laughs> man.
3: <laughs> hey, you're making me give me my Denver Broncos. All right, all right. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. And go ahead, Frank. Tell him what uh, Amos' punishment is.
0: Okay, Amos's punishment is. Uh, hmm, I got a good idea. Um, why don't we have you seen? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's counter it. Your punishment is you gotta scene the course the baby got back <laughs> because you know what? I've done it before. I want to hear. I want to hear how <laughs> you respond. That's it. Yeah, it's only poetic justice.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff.
0: Somebody's all gonna right. be singing baby got back and somebody's gonna go deaf after tonight.
1: <laughs> so, you? Um, so Ryan, <laughs> you're gonna be going first for your team, correct? I am, yes. And Frank, you'll be going first for your team?
0: I volunteered. Oh man is right.
1: All right, so
0: Oh man.
1: Alright, Ryan, so you're all right, Ryan Ryan, and then Frank. So, Ryan will go first, and then Frank, you get to answer second on this question. <clears throat> the first question we uh, of the night is, was the Cavalier spying of David Blatt justified?
2: Uh, absolutely. Yes, it was. And I know that this isn't a popular opinion, but there's three re- reasons uh, why this is justified. First, David Blatt has had two seasons to figure out how to use Kevin Love, and he still has yet to do it. And I know, yeah, they're in first place. Yeah, they're a really good team. But let's not kid ourselves. I could coach this team, and they'd be in first place because they have LeBron James, and because they have the people around him to make him successful. And even when they don't have the people around LeBron James to make him successful, he's still a top athlete in the NBA. He's a guy that can, you know, that can take over games by himself. But he hasn't gotten Kevin Love in, it. and that is the difference between this team being a championship team. And then, uh, you know, losing in the playoffs is Kevin Love. He's a superstar level talent. You know, when he was in Minnesota, he averaged seven more points a game than he does now, averaged three more points, or three more rebounds a game than he did now, had a better field goal percentage. And uh, the other thing here is, in a lot LeBron James was in on the decision. Everybody knows that now. Uh, he was a big part of the decision. A lot of people have come down on this. Uh, Greg Popovich and all the other coaches don't seem to like it. This makes perfect sense. LeBron James is your entire franchise. There is no player that means more to his franchise than LeBron James does. Even Steph, and Steph Curry. LeBron James is that entire franchise. Without LeBron James being there, this is, a you know, what, an eight seed? Uh, with them there, it's automatically one of the best teams in the league. You know, you can put this guy on the 76ers, 76ers roster today and they're a playoff team. LeBron James is that franchise. So if he thinks that it's not getting there, and he knows basketball, if he thinks this coach is not getting it done, absolutely, then it, <clears throat> he should have part of the decision there. Tyron Lue is coming in as the new coach. He's looking to push the pace, speed things up, give them an, a distinct advantage with the finishers that they have. Kevin Love finishes well around the basket. LeBron James finishes astounding around the basket. Kyrie Irving finishes well around the basket. It gives them a distinct advantage if they push the pace even though they are the fourth oldest team in the NBA. If they can keep it up then it's worth it. Tyron Lue also has a really big advantage because the beginning of his stretch as a coach is going to be so easy. He takes on he already took on Minnesota which is 14 and 32. The Timberwolves. Tonight, you know, right now they're playing against the Phoenix Suns, who's fourteen and thirty two. Two bottom feeders. Then it gets a little bit tougher. They take on the Detroit Pistons, who I believe are setting in seventh seed right now. They're twenty four and twenty one. But the real challenge comes Saturday when they take on the, the thirty eight and seven San Antonio Spurs. And that's I think we're gonna see maybe this game helps them out the spurs of course the best defensive team in basketball so they're going to need to push that pace make them uncomfortable i think this was the right move i think that blatt had his chance uh with this team to make a big difference to get love involved and he didn't do it so now it's on tyron Lue. you have to get kevin love involved in this offense and the, you know get him involved in this team all right
0: i'll take the side here and agree That yes, it was right to fire David, because you are uh, right, Ryan. The superstar team is LeBron James, and he has the power. But I'm going to take it a step further here. Don't you get the sense that maybe LeBron James sees this guy as not being the material to guide them to an NBA championship? If you take a look at the superstar and head coach, the relationship for those guys, for, for dynasties... They have just been great. I mean, let's go back to the 1980s here. Uh, Pat Riley, he was perfect for the the Showtime Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think back to the late 1980s when the Chicago Bulls were starting to pull it together. You had Doug Collins, and the Bulls had gone to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals in 1989, only to lose to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Sure enough... Going to the Eastern Conference Finals, which at that point was the farthest that Michael Jordan had gone to, what do they do? They fire Doug Collins, and two years and two years later, they're in the NBA Finals under one of Doug Collins' assistants in Phil Jackson. Now, Phil Jackson, obviously he's been a catalyst for the Los Angeles Lakers over the first decade of the 2000s. If you take a look at head coaches, they mean a lot when it comes to winning an NBA championship here. I think LeBron James had a lot to do with the firing. Yes, I will admit. But the thing is, LeBron James may be seeing that one guy that he wants um, to come to Cleveland to win an NBA championship. The question is who. But LeBron James, I think there's no question about it. He saw where this team was going in in the wrong direction. There was a lot of criticism, a lot of turmoil, a lot of finger-pointing, it seemed. And you know what? LeBron James, I think, realizes that you need a guy more suited and more tailored for the NBA. Guys, wasn't David Blatt in Israeli basketball? This guy didn't have any experience, NBA experience. No front office experience. No scouting experience. Much less any coaching experience. And he comes into the NBA and does all he can with the Cavaliers. I think he did all he can. But in the end, LeBron James sees that this guy is just not NBA material.
1: Wow, that was... A, <clears throat> both of you made some great points there. Um, and I'm going to have to give this point to... I'm going to have to give this point to, to Frank here. He made some great points, especially there at the end. So complete dysfunction. They um, so get the first point of the night. So Europe won nothing.
2: <clears throat> right, Man, got two. made off.
1: Uh, so we'll go... Rick. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, <laughs> we'll have... Uh, we'll have Amos, Bob, Amos, go, and then Rich. So the second question of the night is, the Mets are set to retire Mike Piazza's number. Um, Mike Piazza will be in the Baseball Hall of Fame this year, um, and the Mets will be retiring it on July 30th. Where does he rank among the best catchers in Major League Baseball history?
4: Amos? Who's going first? Oh, me. My bad, my bad. Uh, uh, do, do, oh, he, you are bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, for me, he's definitely in the top five, You're especially when you talk about one of the greatest hitting catchers of all time. Mike Piazza was drafted by the Dodgers. Uh, he's drafted in the 67, 62nd round, and he was actually drafted uh, by the manager because of a favor from his dad. Basically, I'm, I'm saying, you know, probably like, uh, hey, I owe you something, so, you know, we'll get your son in here. Started as a first baseman, converted to catcher. I mean, he's one of 11 players to finish a career with. 427 home runs, uh, over 300 batting average. One of 11. And if you look at the names on that list, you have Lou Gehrig, Hank Aaron, Ruth. He won 10 consecutive silver, uh, Louisville Silver Slugger Awards consecutive. Over uh, eight consecutive seasons of hitting at least 30 or more home runs nine consecutive seasons of batting over 300. I mean, the guy's absolutely fantastic at his position. And yeah, he's one of the best ever. And I think anyone to argue otherwise, especially at that position, I think you're absolutely crazy. And I think you better come up with an absolutely great argument because he's one of the best ever. He, 15 consecutive games with an RBI, which is the second longest streak. I mean, everywhere you look at this guy, he's got a record in something or he's one of very few players to do something. And when you go in the Hall of Fame, when you're inducted, your jersey's retired, it's for a reason. It's because, I mean, yeah, not only are your numbers good, but you're a great player. You're a great teammate. You're a great player. I mean, you're a guy all around who can do anything, obviously. And hitting catchers, I mean, they're more common now than probably what they've ever really been. And I think, yeah, I mean, top five easily, especially because of his hitting ability. A guy who you can just put out there and you know, like, okay, put him out there you know he's gonna i mean he's got 300 over a season or over a 300 average 427 home runs without ever striking out more than 100 times in a season i mean it's that's crazy i have the absolute most respect he deserves to have his number retired he deserves to be in the hall of fame the fact he's not been in there earlier probably a little bit robbed of it but yeah easily tied in position easily
3: Okay, so I don't have him in my top five. I have him in my top six. Uh, I'm going to give you the rundown of the catchers that I rank one through six, with Piazza being six. I agree with everything uh, you said, Amos, about him being great. Great player, you know, Hall of Famer. He deserves to have his number retired. His only knock was his uh, defensive ability behind the plate, but like Amos said, he made up for an offensive firepower. But here's the numbers. Uh, from one through six. Number one is Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench is obviously the goat catcher. 14 All-Star appearances, uh, two in two National League MVP awards, 10 Golden Gloves, and to top it off, he's got two World Series titles. You move up the list or down the list to number two, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra, uh, 18 consecutive All-Star game appearances, won three MVPs, and helped the Yankees to 10 World Championships along the way. Uh, moving on up is Pudge Rodriguez. Uh, Pudge, you know, he never had a World Series title, but uh, you know, he was consistent at the plate, evidenced by his two ninety-six career batting average. But the power never really wasn't there. It's like he just had one season of more than 100 RBIs. But uh, you know, he was nicknamed Pudge all the way until his 2000. His 20-year career saw mostly play with the Rangers and Detroit Tigers. Uh, he has 13 Gold Gloves. Uh, his one lone MVP award in 1999 uh, He single-handedly shifted the opposing team's game plans So, I mean, that, that's how great he was behind the plate Number four goes to Bill Dickey uh, Bill Dickey, uh, age, you know, he was in his golden age in the late 20s uh, 11 All-Star games, 8 World Series championships Appeared in the 1789 games for the Pinstripes you know, had uh, you know, he had a, he also finished with a three thirteen batting average and one thousand two hundred nine RBIs. But his most impressive uh, his most impressive offensive numbers, uh, you know, they weren't really what he did. But he did it more with the seven thousand plate appearances. He struck out just two hundred ninety eight times, so he's effective with the bat as well. Uh, and number five, Carlton Fisk. La uh, he he was also had a twenty four year career. Uh, he has one Golden Glove, twenty three or 2,356 career hits. Uh, the fact he also appeared in an All-Star game in three consecutive des- decades. You know, his offensive numbers weren't that great, but, you know, he, he was outstanding behind the plate. He made it all the way to his mid-40s. So, you know, three consecutive decades of All-Star is pretty impressive. Uh, and last but not least, Mike Piazza, Mike uh, Twelve All-Star games, finished runner-up in the MVP voting twice, uh, two 427 home runs, you know. But his offensive power is what made him that great. So obviously he's not in my top five, but he does make number six on my list.
1: Well, both of you made some pretty good arguments there, but Mike Piazza to me has to be top five because because of what. Amos said he made some incredible points about the statistics being one of 11 guys only put certain numbers in his career so this point goes to Blake Griffin punching bag alright <clears throat> so, Frank you'll be taking the third question first and then Ryan you'll go after him so the third question of the night is Eagles tight end Zachary signed a five year extension worth forty-two and a half million dollars 20 million of which is guaranteed was this a good move by the Eagles, or was it a bad move?
0: You better believe it was a good move. I mean, take a look at what Zach Ertz has done over the last few years in his three seasons with Philadelphia. This guy has played in pretty much every single game the Eagles have played. So, okay, you're getting a health advantage there. The guy has not had any significant injuries. Point. That's point number one. But how about point number two? Is this guy has been very productive. For the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, take a look over the last two seasons, 2014 and 15 combined. Here's a guy that averaged 7.74 yards per carry. How does that rake up with two notable tight ends? How about Rob Gronkowski? Gronk. The guy's average over the last two seasons, 9.16 yards per carry. We're going to see Greg Olson in 11 days' guys in Santa Clara, 8.55 yards per carry. But here's what's also impressive about Ernst. This guy last year called 72 passes for 875 yards and 5 touchdowns. Okay, maybe it ain't quite Rob Gronkowski. Maybe it ain't quite Greg Olson. But there is one element you can look at that's very similar between Gronk and Olson. Olson last year, 77 receptions. Gronk, 72 receptions. Maybe not the yardage is there, but I think with Doug Peterson coming in, a new head coach, of course, and one of Andy Reid's disciples from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator there. If you look at when Andy Reid was with the Philadelphia Eagles for so many years, uh, they had so they had such a great offense. Of course, with Donovan McNabb, many of those years being the being the 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 front the front leader of the offense as the starting quarterback. That's what I think the Philadelphia Eagles are trying to do with Doug Pederson, the offensive coordinator under um, Andy Reid in Kansas City. They're trying to get the Andy Reid mystique back and you've got a pretty good tight end, of course, Sam Bradford making of course Sam Bradford as a starting quarterback. That should make him feel comfortable. Uh, I would have to say terrific move. Kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles for signing Zach Ertz to this big contract extension. You better believe it.
2: This is, it's yes and no. Uh, Does he have the talent to earn this much money? Yes, he does. Is he worth this much money? Only if you start using him correctly, and only if you get him the ball more, and only if you get a quarterback that can get him the ball. Let's look at a couple of things here. In his three years that Zach Ertz has been with the Eagles, he's had five different quarterbacks starting. Bradford, Sanchez, Nick Foles, Mike Vick, and Matt Barkley. I mean that's completely unacceptable. In three years, five starting quarterbacks. Now to put this in perspective, Zach Ertz is going to make about 8.5 million a year. Right now, Rob Gronkowski, who is the staple, you know, the key, the uh, elite uh, tight end, the best in the league. He's making nine, so he's only making a half a million less a year. He was targeted only let eight. Times less than Gronk was during the regular season this year. He ended up catching three more passes uh, than Gronk did. So that tells you because Gronk's playing with a lot better, uh, a lot better of a, a quarterback, obviously, and a lot better offense. That tells you you know something. That he was able to catch more passes even though he was targeted less. It's good for Ertz. He has good hands. Um, but the problem with this is, is he caught three more passes. He had three hundred and twenty-three less yards. The difference being, of course, you know, you know, Gronk being Gronk, and you know, getting those yards after the carry. But the other thing is, Tom Brady puts the ball in a position where Gronk can get those yards. You know, he puts it in front of him on uh, on go routes. He puts it in front of him when he's running across. He puts the ball where Gronk can catch it and turn, or catch it and keep going. You know, depending on what the route is, where he's able to get more yards. Uh, Zach has not gotten that kind of support. He doesn't have that kind of quarterback. The thing that I do like about this and I think will end up working out with him in the long run is Penderson coming in last year his tight ends caught 90 passes for uh just over a thousand yards 1072 yards. Of course, that's uh, Travis Kelsey out there and uh, Kansas City who is one heck of a tight end but I think that Ertz is in that class of Travis Kelsey if you get him a, uh, around the right quarterback and I think that you can do be able to do a lot with him. Uh, he's very talented, very, very uh, strong for his size. He's not the you know not the biggest tight end in the world. I'm not going to blow you away with size like Gronk can, but he's super athletic, very strong for his size, deceptive, very quick, has great hands. <clears throat> this is a guy, you know, a more newer age kind of uh, tight end, but he's got a great future ahead of him he, if he can keep it up. And I think one of his best qualities is his mind. After he was signed to this contract, what he had to say was that he wanted his legacy in Philadelphia. Two guys that he talked about uh, was Kobe Bryant and Jason Witten. Guys that played their entire career for one team in one city. And when you think tight end in Dallas, of course you think of Novichek, but you think of Witten. When you think about basketball, you know, of course... In L.A., you think of course Magic, but you think Kobe. That's what he wants to be. In his own words, he said, "I want to be the guy that they think of when they think of tight ends in Philly." Look at Brian Dawkins. Look at Donovan McNabb. Look at Brian Westbrook. These guys left a lasting legacy in this city. I want to be mentioned with those guys. That's what he said. The kid's there. He's pot committed. He wants to be in Philadelphia. Uh, a hard worker. The thing is, is they got to get a quarterback there that can make a difference. Don't pay him forty million dollars. Uh, for forty two point five million dollars to do nothing, get a quarterback that can get in there to make a difference, to make him uh, into the ball player that he deserves to be.
1: You guys both made some great points, and what I really liked about Ryan was that he talked about the targets and and all the yards, and, and a, you know, he mentioned just how good he is despite the poor quarterback play and, and the quarterback she's had had him throwing the football over the past couple of years. So I'm going to give that point to. Blake Griffin's punching bag alright so up wow. next, Um, Rich, Rich you'll be going Rich you'll be going first so the question is a Minnesota yeah, basketball team was kicked out of a youth league for being, for being too good uh, do you think this was, was justified or unjustified or I guess in other words fair or unfair because I'm not really sure how I feel about it myself so I want to hear what you guys have to say about this night <laughs> what are they? What a joke! What are they growing crybabies in
3: Minnesota now? I mean, if you're not too good. Oh, what does that tell you? you? Go out there, you go out there, and you get more, you get better players. I mean, I read up on it, and it's a high school girls' level basketball team, and apparently, I don't know where they got the kids from. They put them in this tournament, and decided, oh well, you guys are too good, you can't play it anymore. The biggest question I have is, what is that noise? Sounds like somebody running a water Okay. The biggest question I have is. Can okay. you guys hear me? you're hey, loud and
0: clear. Proceed, buddy. Proceed. Carry on, Works, son.
3: Okay. Uh, no, I know why it sounded like somebody was running a, a, water, a water fountain or something. But the biggest question I have is, did these. Did, was, it, was it a paid team? Because did. Peter, do you know if they paid their entry fee or not? Or was the money reimbursed? Because there's a lot of information that's there that's not there. All they said, well, you guys can't play because you're too good enough. And the other teams don't want to play with that kind of level of competition. But if it was like a youth league, you know, or a youth youth league like that, you pay money in for the full season. So I want to know, that, are they going to get their refund back from, from the first three games? Because apparently they had already played three games. You can always just move them to a different league instead of kicking them out of the league completely. I mean, it's like I said, the other teams are just crying. You go out there and you recruit. That, that's what it is. It's, it's youth sports. You're supposed to lose and you lose, use and lose, uh, lose in youth sports because I played youth sports as a kid growing up in soccer, and I played one season of soccer. Where we didn't win a game. I didn't cry about it. I mean, come on now. you got to learn to lose when you're <laughs> a little kid. So that way when you're older, you go to the NFL and you lose. You, you're like, okay, well, I'm, they, they're used to losing, I guess. But that's just how I feel about it. Don't cry about it. Uh, teach these kids, you know, you can't win at everything.
4: Yeah, I'm actually going to agree that the fact this is, so extremely unfair. It's almost hard to comprehend. Because I mean, think just think about like girls' high school basketball. You see it all the time. If you have you know if you have friends with daughters who are in high school, you look at I mean you look at the scoreboard of some of these games, and it's like fifty-two to 10, 52, fifty-two. You're going to kick the school out. Going to be like, hey, you guys can't compete because you're way better than everyone else. And then you look at the college level with what Gino Oriama, what he did with uh, UConn women's for think you went undefeated for like two straight seasons or something maybe th- or close to three and i mean what are you gonna do there oh hey you guys can't play in the nc we're gonna move you to well we can't move you down because you're gonna be way better than anyone else <clears throat> we can't move you up because there's not another level so you just can't play at all good luck on your degrees you know sorry about your future career because no one's you know, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> these are just these are teenage girls like what are you thinking What are you teaching your youth in Minnesota? Like, hey, if someone's better than you, try to get them kicked out. That way, you know, they're not there to make you look bad. Like, where's the sportsmanship at all? It sends a negative image to, you know, the society of the youth in Minnesota and other states. Because if you see someone with an outrage like that, you're going to have someone in another state that's like, hey, you know, they got this team kicked out for being so good. Maybe we can get this team kicked out in our state you know we'll try we'll write letters do whatever they tried to do and maybe you know we can get i don't know it's just it pisses me off so bad it's hard for me to talk about to be honest with you like it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and i feel like i, I should just write that yeah. whoever runs that league and yeah and just cuss them out and i think the reimbursement thing uh, rich brings up is a great point <laughs> like if these kids played 25 hundred dollars like are they going to get their money back probably not you know why because it was profit
3: and, like, and they're they bringing games any too. kind
4: of profit these girls on here would have been just great and amazing they'd still be playing in there because it would be revenue generating all this is is bad sportsmanship bad parenting and bad sports i mean it's just oh my god it's incomprehensible someone just needs to <laughs> knock whoever did that right in the teeth
3: now, before you judge on
4: this, wow. this is not a rebuttal. Uh,
3: no, no, I'm just saying this is not a rebuttal. But I played my first year ever playing youth rich baseball. Rich with his rebuttals. And this is nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> no, this isn't a rebuttal. My first year playing youth baseball, I was horrible. I'd never played baseball before in my life. So what they did was they sent all the kids that stunk to like the bad news bears. So we went to another team that didn't really want to coach us or teach us how to play the game the right way. We had a bunch of kids smoking weed and everything else. But it's like I said, I didn't cry about it. And I, that, I think that's what it is. It's a cool. bunch of crybabies in Minnesota now. Well, Let's see, go I got a
1: good example. Let's be a car, not about the the NBA and, You know, Amos, you brought, up, you brought up the, uh, the know, high high basketball thing. I remember when, when I was. So like, oh. irritating.
4: So, you
1: know, like. All right, so yeah, so it's. It, I mean, you. she brought up the point about high school basketball, about how teams will blow other teams out sometimes with 40, 50, 60 points. When I was in high school, I saw those scores too because I always used to check up on the local newspaper to see how our team was doing compared to other local teams. You would see, see these large scores, and it was based on I think the population of the high schools at the time or like the town. I don't know. I don't know how it was based on, but. You're right. I mean, are you going to do this in high school next? by saying, well, you know what? You're too good. You can't be in early three. You're not allowed to play basketball anymore. And I just want to only hear, these kids are trying to be, be better at basketball. What happens if you ban them from playing in, in youth sports for the next three years and they want to go to college to play basketball? You, are you going to hurt their dreams of doing that? Uh, you know, you both made great points, and, and this is really hard to decide on, but I'm, I'm going to give it to Blake Griffin's punchy you because Amos brought up the points of... <laughs> What are you going to do this in high school sports next? It's just ridiculous. And and Rich, you brought up some great points too. It's just so ridiculous how far they took the to situation. The I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if anyone paid for it, but if they did pay for it, they better get their money back because that would be an ultimate robbery, worse than Bernie Madoff, aka Ryan, Ryan's rigging of the game. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and with that, we're going to go to first commercial break. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> well the boys are talking and the show is really moving along but we need to take a break before a fight breaks out people end up in the hospital stay tuned and we'll be right back now you hear <laughs> that boy's good
4: hmm. good and
1: terrible
0: Kids 1877 cards for kids donate your car
1: today 1877 cars for kids K-A-R-S
0: cars for kids one eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com, That's cars with a K. We're a recognized five hundred one c three charity organization,
3: so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights.
0: One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven
1: seven cars for kids. Donate your car today! Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit JockJournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At JockJournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's JockJournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye but why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all right welcome back to the Parker discourse show on jock journal radio um, free parking show and uh tonight we have frank Spragle from the Sports Drive. He's on in the morning. Uh, great show. He's, he's our guest tonight. And um, to give you a quick recap of the first half of the show, we have Blake Griffin's punching bag up 3-1 over complete dysfunction. So with that being said, we are now moving on to the second half of the show. And with the fifth question, um, it'll be Rich first and then and – uh, sorry. I'm sorry. It'll be uh, Ryan first and then Frank I just went. And the fifth question is, now that we are getting close to March Madness, who do you think wins the NCAA tournament?
2: I got your pick right here. Get your, get everybody that's listening, all the guys on the show, go ahead and get your bookie on your phone, uh, put your money down, because this is it. This is the one. The West Virginia Mountaineers are going to win it, and I'm going to tell you why. <clears throat> this is a great team right now. They're going to go in as a two-seed probably in a tournament, so they're a great team. You know that. But there are plenty of great teams out there. So what sets them apart is this full-court press. They press all game long. From start to finish, they run the press, and they're the best team that we've ever seen running the press. They tire out teams. They get other teams into foul trouble. They're impossible to prepare for because you don't play another team that plays like this the rest of the season. You don't see another team that plays this style. So it's impossible to prepare for, and then you add the internment on top of that. When they get into the tourney, you're going to have one, two days in the beginning to prepare for them. Then you're going to have a week uh you know to try to prepare for them, or or, you know uh, five days uh to try to prepare for this team that's not enough time you don't ever see another team like this the entire season so they're impossible to prepare for and the other thing is they work best against these one and done teams that dominate basketball because if they can force you into bad mistakes into bad passes young players make bad passes you know, the the teams that are older, that are that are a little stronger, the kind of Arizonas and uh, the Virginia kind of teams, they're going to be a little bit harder to face. But the, the Dukes, the Kansas, the Kentuckys, those teams are going to be easy for West Virginia because they're going to be able to force them into bad mistakes. They get tor- turnovers and they turn turnovers into easy buckets. They are the best team at turning over the basketball by a long shot. I'm talking nine turnovers a game between – Uh, first place and second place last year they were a fifth seed and a far less talented team roster than they are right now and that fifth seed made it to the elite eight they're going to go in as a second seed now which means it's going to be an easier road and they're a better team and it's going to be easy for them to go through they're setting right now they're tied record wise for the big 12 uh but since they have the loss to oklahoma they're setting in second place behind oklahoma who's a Number one, uh, number one team in the entire country right now. They're sitting at six and two in their conference in the Big 12, which is the best conference in college basketball, bar none, right now. And uh, they're likely going to get it as a two seed, have an easy road. And you know, Coach Huggins, how many times has he been there before? He does it every time. He's done it with th- what three teams now? He's made it to the Final Four. Is excellent coach, uh, and that's why the West Virginia is going to win it this year.
0: Okay, it may be a little too soon to pick in my book, but here's another thing, too. One thing about the NCAA basketball tournament, it's the hardest tournament in professional amateur sports to really speculate on who's going to win. Unlike the NFL, you can speculate on who's going to win in the Super Bowl uh, come August and September. But if I have to take a team that I think can win it all, that can, go, that can go into the NCAA tournament this year, I believe it's in Houston, the one team that I think can win it this year, uh, would be, and I'm sorry to all the Duke Blue Devil fans out there, but I gotta say, the Tower Hills out of North Carolina. If you take a look at how this team has played, this this team, okay, they lose to Northern Iowa, they lose to Texas, a close one. Two, two nail biters they've lost to. But this is a team that pours on points. I mean, take a look at all of their games since the Texas loss on December 12th. This team has just cruised, and in all but two games here and all but two games they have scored more than 80 points that is a force to be reckoned with the ACC always produces some great basketball talent alright so so you're saying West Virginia fine I'm going to say North Carolina I'm going to go ACC as well
1: wow um... This this is another tough one, but Ryan made some great points. I mean, he just talked about a history of you know, of how this team has played and then how they were looking this year. Um, Frank, that's not to take, take away anything from you. You did a great job too, but I do have to give this point to Blake your friend's punching bag and I am yeah. four to one. <clears throat> mm. Ouch All right, so we are second on, on the section six. We have two points.
0: Hold team. on, we have two points. No, I've lost count. I've lost count. Uh,
1: it's a, board, it's a, a pick. Pick. I it points, four to one. think I get
2: two points, points. Frank. No, Frank's won the first one, and then I won the last two that me and Frank had. So Frank's won one. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah Ryan's know. two, two, go, two and two one against me. Kick, Frank. He's two and one against me.
2: <laughs> we should have called this game Golden State because we're just sweeping oh, okay. right now. Oh, my
0: right. goodness. So, we're getting popped. We're getting popped. So oh, yeah, we're getting
3: popped
1: So, yeah, that's right <laughs> now. So. <laughs> All right. So, question six. Amos, you'll take this one first, and Richie will go second. All right. So, what positions do the Patriots need to upgrade before the start of the 2016 season? All right. Amos, take it away. Richie, go second.
4: Alright, so well, I mean the offensive hey, pick is something everyone here knows and that's you have to upgrade the offensive line position. Once Nate
1: Yes. Can you hear
2: me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. I can hear you. Okay, okay, right, my bad.
4: Once Nate Filter goes out, this offensive line just absolutely went down the drain and before Nate Solder goes out, you read NFL articles about the brilliance of Belichick and McDaniels and inter-switching the interior of the offensive line to fit what plays they were running. It was guys who could be interchangeable because Solder and Vollmer protected the, the youth and inexperience and the injury of the rest of the offensive line. Once he goes down, it's a completely different story. Tom Brady is continually getting hit, and he traditionally Brady gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. But he's had to get rid of the ball quicker than ever. And he got hit, what, like 24 times in the against Denver? And that was, I mean, it's like the most uh, quarterbacks been hit since they've been recording it or something. And obviously, that's a very big position that needs to be upgraded to free agency or draft. It's something that has to be taken care of because if your quarterback doesn't have an offensive line, I mean, he's going to have a hard time just getting anything done. And I also think defensively you need they have to upgrade the corner position i like logan ryan i like malcolm butler but justin coleman the rookie out of the undrafted rookie out of tennessee who i mean he had his games where he looked good but man during that afc championship he just looked lost at times and i think that's another position you got to I like okay so i've been hard on patrick chung all year but he played a good game but i really think you have to put some depth at that corner position just in case one of the guys get injured, because Terrell Brown goes down, he put in Coleman, and he got exposed. He did. And my last position is the linebackers. Love Jamie Collins. Love Dante Hightower. They are what that defense is built around. But having them play as much as they do, yeah, you see things like the injury and uh, AFC Championship, you can say whatever you want. I don't think Jamie Collins was playing at 100%. He may have been at 90. One at 100 and I think you have to put death behind them with young, talented linebackers who kind of can come in and fill it. Like, I love draw Mayo. I like John Bostick, but they're not the players Hightower and Collins are. And you got to fix all three of those positions. And, I mean, you could argue receiver because Chris Harris showed Edelman could be stopped and Gronk didn't do anything until the fourth quarter. I know Dion loses out, but, I mean, they, they need to really upgrade at a lot of positions just because the Patriots are prone to have injured players. And I, you got to have a contingency plan for each one of these positions in case something happens. And I think something needs to be done with a lot.
3: All right. So offensive line is an obvious one. Uh, Amos touched on it. Uh, Nate Solder comes back. Ryan Wendell comes back. Uh, James Devlin got hurt in preseason, pre-season which you know that – Switch them from going from power, you know, from two back sets to single back sets. I think you need an every down uh, running back as well. Dion Lewis, the most he carried on the ground is 69 yards. LeGarrette Blunt's not an every down back. Dion Lewis was kind of like what Shane Vereen did. And then once Dion Lewis went down, James White filled that role. I, I still think you need an every down back. New England was like almost dead last in rushing offense this year. And it's hard to tell if that was a lot attributed to the loss to James Devlin because he was such, he was more, I think he was a great blocking and running and and, uh, pass protection as well. I think you need to get rid of Marcus Cannon and bring another guard, a solid veteran guard performance. In other words, defensively, I'm going to disagree. I think the secondary is fine with the way the front seven played this year. I kind of sort of agree that you're going to need a linebacker, linebacker because I think Gerard Mayo's gone and obviously the last position is wide receiver I got tired of seeing James White running a fly pattern you know Brady actually threw a lot of deep balls this year and there's just not a receiver that can stretch the field LaFell you know he kind of had a down year he was almost invisible in that ASC championship game so regardless of you and I don't think Belichick's going to go out and draft one he does not draft wide receiver, receivers well at all history shows us that You know, I I still want to get a veteran receiver that can come in and stretch the field. Not like, you know, we're probably not going to see another Randy Moss there. But just maybe uh, Muhammad Sanu come in, stretch that field out, create a lot of seam routes. I think JoJo LaFell's gone. I think Gerard Mayo's gone. I think Marcus Cannon's gone. Uh, You know, and I kind of like the way they they bring Logan Ryan and uh, Patrick Chung to protect the, to protect against the run, their, their run defense was outstanding. From what I saw in that AFC Championship game, that defense did nothing wrong. So that that's where I think they need to address that the most.
1: All right, think you both. Make great points, excellent points. But complete dysfunction gets the point on this one. So right now, before we head into the final question, Lake Griffin's punching bag is up four to two over complete dysfunction. All right, so complete dysfunction, um. We're going to the final question. You're going to have to win this in order to win the game. So, with that being said, um, uh, sorry, uh, Amos and Ryan, which one of you wants to go first? um, Or do you guys want to go first or second in this question?
0: It doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? I'm a guest. I'm a guest to the show. So, uh, you guys pick. I'm in your house.
4: I don't really care who goes first, but we'll go second for the lineup.
0: Okay, fine, I'll go. Fine, I'll go. Listen, okay, uh, you, you addressed a question. I don't know if you wanted uh, Peter to address the question. All right, so, Amos,
1: which one of you guys seen go first for your team?
4: I'll go first.
1: Okay. All right, so the, 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 uh, the way this final question will work is it will be Frank, Amos, Rich, Ryan. Okay, <clears throat> the final question is, and this isn't, this isn't just talking about the Super Bowl coming up with Peyton Manning playing in it. I'm talking about his entire legacy. When, it, when he retires, which is quite possible after the Super Bowl in just over a week, what will Peyton Manning's legacy be when his career is over?
3: Guy, uh, who's going first? Am I
0: going first? Oh, goes, Frank, I who's going? You want me to go first? I'll go. Fine, listen, guys. Peyton yeah, Manning already has his legacy. Like, excuse me, who's going? Who's going? Me or? Yeah, you go are, ahead. Frank. Want me to go? Okay, guys, guys, guys. Yep, that's what nope. i was saying. I mean, you take a look at the great legacy of Peyton Manning. It's already great, guys. Listen. You, you look at what he's accomplished with all pretty much every quarterback record in the book. Uh, So many years of representing the National Football League with grace, pride, and dignity. But I got to tell you this. If you take a look at this one game, what this one game I guarantee you will do if the Broncos win the Super Bowl in 11 days, it's going to make Peyton Manning immoral. Because if you take a look at the postseason record, it has not been good. He is one and three in Super Bowls. It has been bad outside of Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears, although I want to forget about that Super Bowl. Anyway, you can't forget about it. But since Super Bowl 41, Peyton Manning's been there twice with the Colts in Super Bowl 44. Who can forget forget Tracy Porter? Who can forget the interception? Who can forget the safety on the first play of the game just two years ago against the Seahawks? Guys, when you look at... History and legacy here. There are those that will look at regular season accomplishments, great statistics, but I think a lot of people tend to look at postseason accolades. If Peyton Manning wins this one, his legacy will be once again completely immoral because not only will he have won multiple Super Bowls, although it seems that many of us forget the guy won a Super Bowl in the first place. But think about this. Think about this for a moment, guys. He'd be the first quarterback in league history in the 50s and in in, in now 50 Super Bowls to have led two starting franchises to two Super Bowl wins. Okay, he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady has four Super Bowls. Maybe he gets more in a couple. Maybe he gets more. Who knows? You can see Tom Brady slowing down here. But think about this. Two Super Bowls as a starting quarterback with two Super Bowl organizations. I mean, where, where do you begin to, to, to identify Peyton Manning? Do you look at the individual accomplishments as far as, statistics, as the statistics? Or do you look at the two Super Bowls? Peyton Manning, great legacy. First ballot Hall of Famer. One of the most celebrated, if not the most celebrated NFL player of this last generation. But if he wins this Super Bowl... It's possible that could suppress Brady from the standpoint of maybe not winning multiple Super Bowls, but two Super Bowls with different teams. That That's very hard to do. So I'll say this, Tom Brady's, I mean, Peyton Manning's legacy, secure. It can get even bigger, 10 times bigger, maybe 100 times bigger if the Broncos beat the Panthers 11 days from now.
4: I, I completely agree that Peyton Manning's legacy is absolutely secure and the reasoning is is yeah maybe not the championships are there if he doesn't win I mean yeah everybody's going to point to his postseason record people are going to point to the Super Bowls but you know Dan Marino was a great regular season quarterback and Peyton Manning will go down as probably to date the best regular season quarterback ever because the way he the talent he's had the way he's been able to use his talent the fact that He's had offensive coordinators, but they had all they had was the title. The preparation that he's put into the game of being the offensive coordinator, making that run, checking out, knowing what defense is doing before the defense even knows when he's done it year in and year out for over a decade, that's just absolutely amazing. It, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. I, I think he will go down as probably within, I don't know, I would say top five, top six. The championships may not be there, but anything else is. He's a five, what, five MVP, four-time MVP, holds the single-season record for passing touchdowns. I think he has the most touchdowns. I think he has the most wins, and eventually somebody's going to break that, but it's not going to be anytime soon, and nobody from him. And even if they do, when they by the time they do, everybody's going to look back at Peyton Manning and say what he did, what he was able to do with the teams he had, with the lack of defense that he's consistently had over the years, except for really being in Denver, that, yeah, absolutely, one of the best. And his legacy is beyond what any, I mean, what most quarterbacks, most NFL players even think about or wish of having. There's so many stats and numbers and everything else you can go into. And, I mean, not only that, legacy as just overall a good person with what he's been able to do with the communities in Indianapolis and Denver. And that's only going to help build his legacy. You know, I he's, he's a great football player. Seems to be a great person. Everybody knows he's a great celebrity, the way he handles himself on and off the field. I, I his legacy secure. And I think, I mean, you have to, what else can you say other than he's done it? He's done it for a long time. He's been great for it at a long time. And he's been the guy for a long time. He's mass defensive. Defenses, he's mass, you know, injury at receiver, especially slot receiver. He had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, but I don't know. You just can't take anything away from him, and he's he's one of the best ever, probably in, in regular season, probably the best ever.
3: Okay, so my take is he's going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I agree with everything everyone said. But my only knock on him is he's a habitual playoff choker. You guys both said it. Let's be realistic. Yes, he played the Bears, and I'm sorry, Frank, but it was Rex Grossman. He got his one Super Bowl playing probably, arguably, the worst quarterback to ever play in a Super Bowl was Rex <laughs> Grossman outside of Trent Dilfer. Yeah, so that you know, that's, that, that's one thing aside. We saw what, we saw what happened in, in the other two Super Bowls with the pick six and, and the bouncing off the helmet with arguably the greatest offense of all time. Now they're saying, you know, well, I've been reading if he goes down, you know, if he wins this Super Bowl, he's gonna go down as the greatest quarterback, you know, da 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 I don't buy into that either because we all saw they they're they're already moving on from Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's great. Love Peyton Manning. All the respect in the world for him. But I'm not gonna even put him in the conversation of Brady and Montana even if I wanted to, just because he's a bum and Montana and Brady are better than he is. But like I say, even if I wanted to, being a Patriots fan, I'm not going to say that. But all jokes aside, you know, I if I lose and I, pick, I, I have to pick the Broncos, I will respect the fact that he'll go out riding off into the sunset with cha- Super Bowl ring, but by no means is he going to help that team win that game that's going to be that Denver Broncos defense. And that's all I'm going to say.
2: About that. All right, this is what I'm going to say is is his legacy is already set no matter what happens in this game, <clears throat> and I'll explain myself here. Uh, Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls, but I don't think anybody here would put Terry Bradshaw in their top 20. backs, Maybe top fifty all-time. Uh, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, not better than Dan Marino. Jim Kelly, great quarterback, won the four kid of Super Bowls, never won one. People put too much weight on a Super Bowl ring. It's a, it's a team accolade. It's not won by a single player. It never has been. It never will be, won by a single player. And here's proof to that too. And uh, and Rich just touched on this. If they do win, uh, you know, in two weeks of that on that Sunday, if the Broncos do win, Peyton Manning didn't get them there. Peyton Manning's arms not what won games. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, he didn't beat teams. Uh, Take over games. Peyton Manning just rode the coattails of his defense all the way there. So even if they do win, it's not going to change, or it shouldn't. It's going to change his legacy, but it shouldn't. Because people put too much weight on a Super Bowl ring. What has this guy done? He is, and, and uh, Amos said it perfectly, he's the greatest regular season quarterback that we've ever seen. Uh, the greatest football IQ that we've ever seen ever in the history of this game. What he does... Before a snap, it's an artwork. It's poetic. Uh, what he is able to do with a football before the football even moves, it's unbelievable. We've never seen a guy that controls the game like he does. Uh, even and he plays. You know, most quarterbacks play from hike to tackle. Peyton Manning plays from kickoff until the final whistle blows and everything in between. That he, unbelievable. You know, I can't believe that nobody brought up the like all of his records. You know, all the records that he holds, he'll be remembered forever as the you know most passing yards ever, most uh, tu- uh, passing touchdowns ever. I I remember when he broke it, and I sat with my son and watched it, and and it's it's gonna be a memory I cherish for the rest of my life. Peyton Manning, and he's a stand up guy, probably the easily the most likable guy, uh, you know, celebrity wise, yes. especially recent football history with with all the characters we have now. Uh, just an outstanding career, and, and to be 100% honest, and I'm a Titans fan, and so I got to see him beat up on us two times a year for, what, 14 seasons? Uh, it's absolutely sad to see his career coming to an end. It's absolutely sad. He's an unbelievably unbelievably good person, unbelievably good athlete, unbelievably good quarterback, and uh, hats off to Peyton Manning, and he, he's unbelievable career.
1: Yes. Well, everyone made some great points here. Uh and this was I was trying to figure it out as soon as Ryan was done speaking there because both teams made some great points. Um, but Ryan was the only one to bring up the records he broke. And and um, you know, Frank and Amos, Frank and Ryan I'm sorry, Frank and Rich brought up some great points too, uh, about the Super Bowls. Um, and Amos made some great points too, but I have to give the point to uh Blake Griffin's punching bag, which means that they win by a total score of seventy-two. <laughs> so, all right, guys, take it away. The punishments, let's go. Denver Broncos gonna is going to gonna
3: win the, the Super Bowl. Here. No, no, I got it, I got it. Denver Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. That's my official pick, but I still hope they get their whooped.
2: Official pick right <laughs> there. <laughs>
3: Official right. pick with a of the pair that they lose anyway. <laughs> for once, they can make me look like. <laughs> I don't <know> the
2: rust.
4: <laughs> That's all right, man. You don't
2: have to do the whole day. Yeah, you guys remember the Super Bowl from two years ago when Denver beat or Denver lost really bad to the Seattle Seahawks? That's what this game felt like. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: I feel
2: like I do want to take
0: Denver though. Seriously, I know we got we've been we, we
3: got beat just we got beat just like the Tennessee Titans <laughs> have been getting beat for like the past decade.
2: <laughs> oh, 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 that's low blow. Low blow. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, you know you guys are right there. You guys could have
1: won it. But it was like when Peyton Manning threw that pick six against the Saints to lose the Super Bowl. You know, that kind of reminded me of that yeah, had a chance there, but give <laughs> it away at the end. Oh. Man. Hey, that was
0: That's disaster. why I'm picking the Broncos those, those officially. Are, are so
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, I, I just said
3: if uh, Peyton Manning plays in the No, one quick thing. If Peyton Manning plays next year like he plans on it, he can go ahead and break that interception or record as well.
1: So yes. If he plays for the Browns, he will know doubt because that's probably where he would go if he comes back next year. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Parker Discord show. Uh, if you missed part of it, you can you, can, you know listen on online um, after the show's over. They are uploaded, so definitely check us out. Uh, we'll be doing this again next Wednesday. Um, we're not sure who the, who the next guest will be. I'm um, not sure who the host will be. But we'll be hosting we'll a guest on, and it'll be a lot of fun again. And tomorrow night, before we get going, Rich, um, tomorrow night, why don't you give, give our listeners a, a preview of what they're, what they're going to do uh, here tomorrow night on our show, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a two-hour show tomorrow night, not an hour, right?
3: Yes, two hours. The, we came up with a genius idea. Everybody enjoys their football movies, so we've incorporated a football movie draft. I know some of you have been sitting around thinking, I can create my perfect team from football characters on tv movies and whatnot we've decided to add a little twist to the show i know they teased it last night we're going to take the current nfl rosters with the current nfl back order and we're going to each have player. square, i think it was 145 players in the pool that i created as Mel hyper jr or whatever and we're each going to individually draft these players and put them on a team so let's say tennessee titans are picking overall you think they need a tackle you can go out and get any tackle you want to from the movies and put them on the Tennessee Titans. Brown strap number two, you need a quarterback. You can go out and get John Moxon, uh, Steeman <laughs> Willie Beeman, put them out there. And then we're going to have a lot of fun doing this tomorrow night. And I think, Frank, are you in with us tomorrow night or what? Uh,
0: let me ask you, will Megyn Kelly be there?
3: I have no idea who Megyn Kelly <laughs> is. Does anybody know who Megyn Kelly no, you guys, is? You guys, heard, you guys haven't heard about
0: Donald Trump? No, Yo, you guys haven't heard. Seriously, I'll kick you guys give you a a heads up a rundown. Donald Trump recently announced that he was gonna boycott tomorrow's Republican debate because Megan Kelly of Fox News. It's on Fox News because there's conflict between Megan Kelly and Donald Trump. And the result is Trump because Kelly is not on is monitoring the debate. Trump is not showing up for the debate. So uh, if Megan Kelly's not on this show, then guess what? I can't join you guys. <laughs>
2: All uh, uh, righty, so there you in. have I got, it. I got your joke. I got We're your We're going to try and
0: make it through two rounds.
3: We're going to try and make it through two rounds. We may not. should be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to hear what everybody picks per team per round. So, all right. Uh, we are out of here. We will see you guys tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. The Free you Parking know. Show here on Jog Journal Radio.
0: Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear?